You're now listening to Health for Thought, a place where I simplify the world of health into easy steps to reach your highest potential. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Health for Thought. I'm your host, Rona Suleen, and today we're going to talk about a very, very common subject in the health world, uh, something that a lot of women around me, a lot of friends, a lot of family members struggle with, and that is issues with the thyroid. A little bit of background information, thyroid disease affects 1 in 5 women and 1 in 10 men uh, who have low-functioning thyroid most of these cases they're not even treated correctly because some of them are partially treated with drugs like synthroid uh, which is a whole other problem because it also causes deficiencies in the body and also does not get to the root cause of the problem another issue i want to discuss before going forward for whoever is listening is that a lot of women uh, you know who are suffering from symptoms that do resemble for example like hypothyroidism which is low functioning thyroid Uh, They'll say that they got tested and everything came out normal. The only issue with that is that doctors today don't do the full panel uh, for thyroid function. They will just test for TSH, which is a thyroid stimulating hormone, and just test if those levels are normal. Uh, But there are things that we need to test for, like thyroid antibodies, that is very, very important in determining whether you really do have a thyroid issue or not. And so, so many people today you know, are saying, oh, they got tested and everything is fine, but really their thyroid is actually not functioning properly. So that's a whole other issue in itself. We'll discuss that a little bit more in detail um, later on in the episode. Basically, thyroid disease increases heart attacks, strokes, weight gain, lowered energy levels. Functional medicine can look at all of these causes of thyroid issues and actually provide you with solutions. And this is really the reason why, for those of you who know me, I'm getting uh, certified an integrative health practitioner because it really integrates so many areas of uh, medicine that are so important in finding the root cause, whereas uh, Western me- uh, medicine practices are just not looking for root causes, right? They're just pulling out their uh, pad and prescribing medications left and right without really understanding the repercussions, without understanding, uh, you know, why are people having these symptoms? It's more like here, here's a Band-Aid, you know, for your um, for your illness. So, um just a little bit of background with what i'm studying is uh, integrative health practitioner really looks at all these different branches of health that are really really important in really assessing you know what's going on with the body what is the root cause Um, and that integrates ayurvedic medicine uh, we have chinese in medicine we have eastern philosophy traditional naturopathy uh, orthomolecular medicine which is basically uh, you know, the, the science of vitamins and minerals as medicine. Uh, we're looking at functional medicine, which is basically using in-depth lab work to kind of see what's going on in the body. And, you know, we're looking at all of these philosophies and type of um, branches to really kind of integrate everything and see, you know, the synergistic way of how, you know, one thing affects the other and how things like diet, stress, um, sleep, how much exercise you have, uh, what supplements you're taking that really can affect the body in a good or bad way. 
So that was just a little bit of background information because I'm going to be sharing so many things that I'm learning um, as an integrative health practitioner to all of you, you know, whether you're going to work with me or not. Uh, just because, you know, you, you always want to have a starting point. Okay, if I have a thyroid issue, what do I do? Where do I go? What changes do I need to make right away, right? That doctors will not even discuss, right? Because they're not really uh, necessarily educated in things like diet or supplements, um, things like that. So we were so back to the thyroid. Your thyroid is a gland in your throat. If you don't know what thyroid is, uh, it is basically your metabolic regulator. So basically your motor engine. It keeps things going. If it is slow, your whole system slows down. And if it's fast, like hyperthyroidism, your entire system speeds up. So really we're dependent on our thyroid for a lot, a lot of functions. And, you know, people who suffer from hypothyroidism, which is the low functioning aspect of thyroid, where the thyroid is slowing down, we will feel our body slowing down, you know, in symptoms like brain fog, a lot of fatigue, uh, you know, a lot less energy, uh, specifically women who have Hashimoto's will feel all of these things kind of slowing them down. Because if your metabolic regulator is slowing down, uh, you're going to slow down as a whole. Your thyroid also produces hormones like T4, which is an active thyroid hormone, and your brain produces a TSH, and this is what I mentioned in the beginning, when somebody gets tested for a thyroid condition, uh, they're usually just testing for TSH, right, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone. That's produced in the brain, and it tells the thyroid whether to produce more of the hormones if it's slow or less of the hormone if it is fast right so sometimes yes you know if your tsh levels are low there that is a good way to determine if there is an issue but it's not the only way right and it's not the optimal way you want to make sure that you're doing the full thyroid panel the inactive hormone is t4 right so i said you know as i mentioned they test for tsh but they won't test for things like t3 and t4 and we'll get into that but the inactive hormone is t4 and it needs to be converted into the active hormone which is t3 okay so a lot of times when people have uh, thyroid issues and they go to a specialist they'll talk a lot about you know levels of t3 t4 free t3 free t4 right and then kind of go from there and i'll explain you know what those numbers mean um, but as I mentioned, this, how it works is that the inactive hormone T4 needs to be converted to the active version, which is T3, right? So both of these components are just as important as TSH. Only 7% of your thyroid hormone is T3, but it's actually very important because T3 really does all the work, right? Because it's the activated version. Uh, it will send messages to your DNA. Uh, you know, it, it, it is involved in a lot of processes that the thyroid needs to have in order to, to function properly, right? So when you're just testing for TSH, but you're not looking for your levels of T3 and T4, and you're not seeing if there's even a conversion between T4 and T3, then there's a problem, right? Because your TSH levels could still be okay, but your T3 and T4 need some help, right? They need some support. So if you have a good T3 level, right, and your cholesterol is in check, your hair will grow, it will prevent muscle aches, constipation, improve fertility, right? So that's usually a good indicator that your thyroid is working properly. The inactive form, right, which we said is T4, however, it can be, um, there can be issues with that um, form because they'll, they'll start becoming, um, they, will, they will start having issues 
with the conversion because of things like environmental toxins, stress, lack of nutrients, right? And um, you, you've probably heard this before if you do have any thyroid issues and you've probably listened to other podcasts or, uh, you know, read books about thyroid. The main important nutrients that are very extremely, extremely important um, in TSH production, in thyroid function as a whole is selenium. Um, iodine right you want to make sure selenium and iodine are uh, you know you you have a good amount of them right to make sure that the thyroid is functioning properly Um, so we mentioned you know the inactive form can have issues right production of t4 because of things like environmental toxins stress uh, you know lack of nutrients like selenium and iodine having yeast overgrowth candida issues uh, bacterial overgrowth Uh, really pretty much a lot of um, digestive issues can cause thyroid issues. Um, A lot of time uh, when we have inactivated uh, T4 um, and we have low T3, it's because there's an issue with the conversion, right? So we have a lot of T4 because it's not being converted into the active form, which is T3. And that's where we see issues with our thyroid, right? So we want to make sure that we have a good amount of activated T3 in the body. And as I mentioned before, and this is important, normal lab tests are often very misleading because it's looking at a population, um, not only that it's testing the wrong things, but it's looking at a population that is not healthy, right? So for example, you're looking at a population that is very sick, right? And you're looking at the normal numbers of a population that is sick. So what happens? The normal numbers are really suboptimal numbers, right? They're not the numbers that we want. We want optimal numbers. And when we look at optimal numbers, we're not looking at the doctor saying, oh, you have normal levels. You want to make sure that you have better levels than normal because we don't want to be part of the sick population. We want to be healthy and optimally healthy uh, when it comes to especially uh, thyroid conditions and, and thyroid lab work. So uh, as I mentioned, most doctors will look at TSH levels and there's the range of 0.5 to 5 range, right? Um, The average, uh, for example, when you get tested for doctors is 3 to 3.5, right? That's the normal. But we want to make sure that we're at 2 to 2.5. That is the optimal level, okay? So let me repeat that. When the doctor says, hey, you know, your TSH levels are normal, they're at 3 to 3.5, that's actually the average of a sick population. You want to make sure that you're at optimal thyroid levels, which is 2 to 2.5 in TSH. Uh, and that's important to know because when you're looking at things, um, you know, like like your lab work or when you're looking at, for example, I got tested for my ferritin levels and they, uh, and they said my ferritin levels were um, quite low. Now, when my ferritin levels are quite low compared to a sick population, that means it's very low, right? Um, Again, these are not optimal levels. So if we were looking at optimal levels and my ferritin levels were low, then a doctor would say, oh yeah, it's average, right? But we're looking at, we want to be part of a of a healthy population, not a sick population. So we're not looking at the average, we're looking at optimal levels. And this is why uh, doctors often miss this whole thing because they're not checking the panel 
and getting the comprehensive picture. Uh, they're not educated in optimal levels. They're educated in, okay, we're living in a sick population. These are normal levels. Oh, everything is fine. And this is where misdiagnosis happens. This is where uh, you have unexplainable fatigue and brain fog and all of these things that doctors just can't help with you with, right? And they slap on another pill and another thing and, oh, you're having brain fog. Here's, here's uh, you know, antidepressants or drink more coffee. I mean, they're they're providing band-aids and they're not providing solution um and um just to mention this we could still have low t3 even though our tsh is normal right another thing that doctors uh you know will not even identify is that you know people with low t3 meaning that uh, t4 is not being converted as much right so that shows that there's a conversion problem but your tsh is normal so your doctor will come and say hey you know your thyroid is perfect your thyroid is fine uh, but really unless you're doing the full thyroid panel right and you're checking free t3 and free t4 free as in f r e e uh, which is basically you're looking at the levels floating in the blood to make sure that that you know that's the most precise and accurate uh, amount then you you want to make sure that these numbers are also optimal because if your tsh is normal it doesn't mean anything about your t3 and your t4 and i want to make sure um that you know, when you do go for a full panel and maybe the, you know, um, the doctors will tell you a bunch of things and maybe you're not understanding them. Um, so I'm going to help you understand a little bit about the evaluation for the testing. So when you're checking for a thyroid function, right, the thyroid depends on the action of T3 and other hormones, like I mentioned, TSH and T4, right? So when you're measuring T3 and T4, the total T3, you'll hear total T3, total T4, and then free T3 and free T4. The total T3 test measures the T3 that is both attached to proteins and floating free in the blood, right? So there's two types of T3. I know it can get a little bit confusing, so I'm trying to go a little slow here. But you will basically look at the panel, right? And just listening to this episode, you'll be able to really analyze it yourself. So that's really important and it's, you know, a good knowledge to have. The total T3 test measures the T3 that is both attached to proteins and floating free in the blood. That's all you need to know. It's the two types of T3 that's available, right? The free T3, F-R-E-E T3, measures only the T3 that is floating free in the blood, like I mentioned. The tests for free T3 are generally less accurate than for total T3. You still want to make sure you're testing both options, right? Um, but, you know, it's very important to also get the total T3 because it measures uh, both aspects, right? The ones attached to the proteins and the floating in the blood. So for the full panel, right, you can go, you know, when you're getting the, bl the blood work and they're just going to test for TSH, you can ask for a full panel and you want to tell your doctor you want TSH, free T3, free T4, and thyroid antibodies, okay? This is very important because thyroid antibodies, um, for example, thyroid peroxidase, which is TPO, and thyroglobulin antibodies, which is TG, basically both can give you um, a lot of insights as to whether it's specifically Hashimoto's right uh, so some people will say you know some doctors will say you know everything is fine you know your thyroid numbers are a little low nothing to worry about right but then when you're testing for thyroid antibodies and suddenly you see a high number of thyroid peroxidase 
um, then you know that it's potentially Hashimoto's because that's really the number one indicator uh, that something's going on, right? But specifically hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition. You also want to test for TSH antibodies, right? So, you know, when they're doing the panel or just testing for TSH, no. You also want to test for TSH antibodies, right? Which is a Graves' disease indicator, right? So if somebody has very high TSH antibodies, also something's going on in terms of the thyroid. But it's actually not Hashimoto's. It will be something called Graves' disease. Um, so you, it's very, very important to look at antibodies as well. So again, when you're going into the doctor and you want to make sure that, you know, everything's going on, everything is going great with your thyroid, you're not just testing for TSH, right? So you want to test for TSH, but you also want to test for, uh, as we said, free T3, free T4, and the thyroid antibodies. And we mentioned those which are thyroid peroxidase, TPO, thyroglobulin antibodies, TG, and TSH antibodies, right? Those three will really help you get a full comprehensive and understanding of what's going on. I want to go into why we're seeing so many people with thyroid issues. I mean, I really, it's almost like I'm like, God is guiding me in that direction because every individual, every woman that I'm speaking to that is either having, um, you know, trouble getting pregnant or is having issues with energy levels or, um, you know, has a lot of stress or her adrenal, her adrenal functions are off, um, that is, uh, coming directly from the thyroid right and so you know it's not always the case for some people who are extremely tired it could be you know a sign of other issues but really the thyroid um, affects a lot of things it's very very important that your thyroid is functioning properly and we're seeing so many people with thyroid issues because your thyroid is extremely sensitive to things like heavy metals and pesticides that we are exposed to on a daily basis, right? High toxicity, environmental toxins are really, really impactful to the thyroid function. And so when we're exposed to all these toxins and we don't have a good detox system, right? We're not doing lymphatic drainage massage every month. Uh, you're not, we're not doing uh, normal detoxes. We're not fasting once a week or once a month if we're not doing all of these detox protocols what happens is that it builds up in the body and it starts affecting the thyroid the average person has a lot of toxicity right and most of us can handle it right because a lot of us you know have the right detox pathways we have our liver functioning properly and so our liver can help detox but sometimes we need to help our liver too right we also need to help flush out the liver and gallbladder and do a gallbladder and liver cleanse or we need to do a coffee enema you know those are things that i will definitely talk about in different episodes you know how to kind of get rid of toxins and you know ensure that you're doing all of these cleanses to really help your liver flush out everything that you know is is building up in our body but we need to definitely definitely be supporting our detox pathways and when i'm talking about supporting detox pathways i'm not just talking about um you know ways to detox like exercising uh you know sweating out the toxins breathing huffing out the toxins you know when you're sneezing for example it's because you have dust in your nose so that's a way of detoxing the nose right uh so the different detox pathways are really um you know you have sweating you have uh excreting urine or when you're going number two or uh you know when you're um when you're what was the other thing i was gonna say sweating urinating uh when you're um releasing stool and 
the last one was yeah huffing out right using the lungs to huff out um whatever it is in your nose like pollen or dust or whatever it is <clears throat> so um aside from these things diet is huge because you want to make sure that you're not putting even more junk food more processed foods in the body and you're adding to the toxic load people who are also under a ton of psychological stress or physical stress or have lack of sleep you know whatever you want to call it but all of these things that add to the stress this usually registers under adrenal function and when adrenal function is low the thyroid becomes affected right and again i really want to mention this because i I made another episode um the last episode that we spoke about which is you know the five main things that you could do to transform your health it's a lot about reducing stress because stress is huge when it comes to every single function in the body right when you're under a load of stress nothing functions properly right because the body's in fight or flight everything comes to a halt you're not repairing your body at night you know you're, you're constantly under stress and it affects so many functions um so stress is a big one you want to make sure that you're coping with stress the right way you know you're not you're you're using a lot of stress reducing techniques like meditation going for walks um you know not putting too much strenuous exercise on the body uh you know meditating praying whatever it is that can help you calm down that's very very important another one is gluten uh believe it or not 20 to 30 percent of thyroid issues have a connection to gluten sensitivity and gluten antibodies so whether it's celiac or non-celiac related uh our bodies don't do really well with um breaking down gluten you know as a protein in the body it's very very hard on the digestion and what happens is that sometimes uh it remains undigested in the body and that protein you know roams around the body creates damage uh you know you know enters the bloodstream and causes inflammatory reactions and so forth i don't want to get too much into it because it gets complicated um but you know gluten is huge when it comes to thyroid issues um so anybody who really has gotten uh, whether or not you have a diagnosis but you feel like you have all of those symptoms um a great step forward is really getting rid of gluten and trying to see you know seeing if there it makes a difference another big factor is nutrient deficiency and we've spoken about how important selenium and iodine is for the body Uh, specifically selenium is used to convert free t4 right and you need and that is the active form you need iodine also to make the thyroid hormone which is tsh Um, so these are extremely extremely important to have so when you have low levels of iodine and selenium it's very hard to enter that conversion process or create the right amount of tsh right because you need those vitamins um, utilized to secrete all of these things you also need vitamin d and vitamin a uh, for the nucleus nucleus to work Uh, omega-3 fats which help optimize thyroid function so vitamin d and vitamin a help um you know with with the um the utilization of omega-3 fats uh that help optimize the thyroid so you want to make sure that you're good on those nutrients as well and so um when you're looking at thyroid health and let's say you know you got the full thyroid panel and you see that you know the numbers are off you also want to do uh, a vitamins and minerals analysis um 
to make sure that you're not low on selenium, iodine, vitamin D, and vitamin A specifically uh, because those hormones are definitely, definitely needed uh, for production of TSH, for converting T, uh, T4 to T3, um, and you know just optimizing thyroid function. So you want to look at those things as well. Uh, so let's finish up here. I don't want it to be too long. But what steps should you be taking if you think you have a low-functioning thyroid? So check your symptoms, right? If there's some suspicion and you want to make sure you're doing the right test, uh, as I mentioned, you want the full spectrum and you also want to do the um, nutrients and minerals analysis, uh, which should also be testing for heavy metals, right? To make sure uh, heavy metals, like uh, if you have too much lead or... Um, I don't know why I'm blinking out, but lead, mercury, uh, arsenic, there's a lot of heavy metals that really can affect the thyroid because it's so sensitive to them that you want to make sure that you also do the heavy metal test, right? So let's uh, recap the test that you want to do. But the number one priority test, the full panel thyroid test, right? You want to test for everything, including the antibodies. Number two, you want to do the... Um, the uh, in our practice in the labs that we have it's the hair and tissue mineral analysis but basically they will test for minerals uh, nutrients that you have in the body and what you're you're missing or deficient in and also the heavy metals test and um, last but not least um, you know if you're able to do it the uh, celiac and gluten sensitivity test just to make sure that you don't have any gluten antibodies because that could also be affecting your thyroid health and um you know manually and not going to uh do lab work but on your own you want to reduce your exposure to toxins uh whether that's in skincare products which there's an episode uh the past few episodes that i talk about uh skincare ingredients you want to avoid that add to the toxic toxicity load uh processed foods junk foods uh seed oils specifically are also very difficult on the digestion you want to make sure that you don't really uh go overboard uh with things like uh, uh rapeseed oils uh grapeseed uh oil um all of those seed oils uh, like sunflower seed oil those are not uh not so great for the body they're actually pretty bad <laughs> um you know you want to make sure that when you're when you're eating foods even if it's like a granola bar you want to make sure that there's not too much of those oils as well. Um, and then as I mentioned before, you want to make sure that your vitamin D levels, selenium, iodine, and vitamin A are at optimal levels. Again, you know, we're not looking for normal, we're looking for optimal levels. <clears throat> and then uh, you want to just deal with main causes of uh, low thyroid function, right? And so some of them I mentioned, some of them will be new to you. So lack of sleep or bad quality sleep uh, is a huge one. You want to make sure that you have good quality sleep so that your body can repair itself. High stress, toxin buildup and exposure, nutritional deficiencies, um, selenium, uh, as I mentioned, selenium and iodine, specifically vitamin A and D, and gluten sensitivity. If you do find that you're having symptoms and you get a diagnosis, uh, you want to start getting on foods that will help support the thyroid function. And, you know, when when people ask me, you know, what supplements should I take and this and that, it really, really, really uh, <laughs> depends on your body and what you need and, um, and what uh, specific things that you're trying to address or accomplish. But, uh, for example, seaweed is full of iodine. Um, you also can get iodine um 
uh, I'm sorry, not iodine. You can also get selenium from sardines, mackerel, salmon. Uh, I'm not so for taking supplements right away. It's more like get it from your food first. And then if you see that you're really low in something in the lab works, then you can supplement. And then, you know, you really have to find a reputable brand and so on and so forth. Um, selenium also is found in Brazil nuts. And I always say this um, on my Instagram stories. Take three to four Brazil nuts a day. That's literally the daily um, intake that you need for selenium. So it's great. And it's a very easy way to kind of get your selenium in. You also want vitamin A, which is uh, high in leafy greens, beef liver, eggs. So again, you don't need to take supplements right away. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you know you have a, um, a, a thyroid issue, but you haven't tested your minerals and vitamins, um, it's okay not to supplement. You could just start eating all of these foods, right? So we said seaweed, salmon, sardines, eggs, uh, Brazil nuts, beef liver, leafy greens. All of those things will really help with... Um, thyroid function balancing the thyroid um you know um helping use the activated form uh, which is t3 and all of those things things you want to avoid if you're having issues with the function of your thyroid uh, is gluten as we mentioned dairy also if you can get off it very very important uh, processed soy can also affect the thyroid kale surprisingly which is a leafy green i know i mentioned leafy greens but um, it can actually cause issues with the thyroid so you're make sure that you're not having raw cruciferous vegetables because um, those actually can affect and it has been known to affect the thyroid don't ask me why i didn't really go into it but i did hear um you know and throughout my course that you know kale is a big one if you're having thyroid issues not to go big on raw kale or raw cruciferous vegetables um, if your adrenals are stressed out make sure you have lifestyle management you know that you have sunlight exposure again vitamin d is great uh, improve your sleep i just did an episode about the five you know best things you could do for your health one of them was really sleeping before 10 p.m I know it's hard for some of you, honestly. It's really the best thing you could do to repair your body, reset your body, uh, you know, to improve mitochondrial function. There's so much to going to sleep before 10 o'clock. I can't even, you know, I, I have to do an entire episode just on quality of sleep. But, you know, improve your sleep. Uh, have some meditation practices so you're not, you know, overwhelmed or stressed throughout the day. Uh, deep breathing to reset your adrenals. Um, you can also use herbs. Uh, some really great herbs for <clears throat> for thyroid function uh, is rhodiola, Siberian ginseng, adaptogenic mushrooms. Uh, this will help boost your adrenal functions as well. Uh, if you've done all the things you mentioned, um, if you've done all the things I mentioned, sorry, and you still need thyroid replacement replacement hormones like synthroid um you know while some people can get away without it if you do need it make sure that you're getting the right treatment okay that would that's the last thing i want to end with because this is really really important okay so listen up and whoever whoever knows someone who has a thyroid issue please please send them this episode because it's so important for them to hear these things before they go on and just you know listen to what the doctors say the traditional approach is taking synthroid right which is fine right it's basically t4 okay it's called levothyroxine it's a man-made hormone that works in the same way as thyroxine which basically is a precursor and allows you to have the activated t4 form so that your thyroid functions properly while it works for some people for many people it doesn't right it's almost like a partial treatment i mentioned this in the beginning of the episode 
some people will end up replenishing their T4 because they're taking the synthetic T4, but still their T3 will be low, right? So what they're getting is they're getting the activated form, right? Which is, um, I'm sorry, they're getting uh, T4, right? But if their conversion process is not working properly, they're still going to be low in T3. You understand? So Synthroid is not really, it, it partially helps. It doesn't really solve the entire issue. It is better, and this is the alternative that I can give you, is to use a bio-identical form of thyroid, which is basically how hormones were first developed, right? And uh, now apparently they just move to a synthetic form. But the better alternative is to use a bio-identical form um, it's basically it comes from pigs so I know there's an issue um, I think with Judaism you would have to ask a rabbi in terms of like whether you can have it or not because I know it comes from a pig uh, but it's basically identical to ours the t4 that it has but it contains also t3 okay and interestingly enough it actually contains t3 t4 and even t2 which actually helps our metabolism um, so you definitely want to get um, permission to use it. Uh, I, it might be a concern because it does come from pig, uh, but it is a better, a much better version to use than uh, Synthroid. Again, this is not medical advice. I am not a doctor. I cannot, you know, give you a medical diagnosis or anything like that. This is really just to help you uh, rebalance the body and kind of just give you information uh, that you can later ask your primary care physician and see, you know, take it from there. Um, I just want to mention that doctors assume that Synthroid will simulate our bodies to do the right conversion and then get our bodies back to regular levels of t3 and t4 but it doesn't happen right because of things like pesticide exposure stress food sensitivities gluten uh, vitamin deficiencies all of those things they hinder the the process that needs to happen between t3 and t4 so when you're taking synthroid and it has just t4 that doesn't really do much right because if you can't convert t4 into t3 then you know you're not really doing much for the body so you know people who are taking synthroid they're like you know i don't really feel much better and you know they keep increasing the dosage but you know that doesn't really help it partially solves the problem right so when you're replacing thyroid hormones it's important to take a natural bioidentical thyroid hormone and i think the name is there's natural nature thyroid or armor those are the two uh, brands that are bioidentical thyroid hormones which contain, as I mentioned, T3 and T4 in the proper ratio, right? To help us feel uh, the best and to help us also get the activated form um, for our thyroid. You also want to be careful with taking too much of it because um, with Synthroid, for example, the, the main issue with Synthroid is that it causes calcium deficiency in the body. But with... Um, the bioidentical thyroid hormone, uh, it can cause issues like bone loss, hypersomnia, palpitations. You have to track your symptoms and progress and see, you know, how your body reacts to it. Um, but I definitely know that this is a, a, a greater alternative uh, to ensure that you do have the right T3 and T4 for proper function. So last but not least, let's recap really quickly. Uh, you want to make sure when you're testing for thyroid issues that you're getting the right panel. And you're combining free T3, free T4, TSH, and to have the antibodies, which is TPO, thyroid peroxidase, T4, 
TSH antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies, right? To make sure that you're ruling out uh, possible thyroid malfunctions. Um, number two, that you're taking the right supplements, eating the right foods. Again, with the supplements, unless you're really, really low, it's better to get it from the food because there's more bioavailability. Um, and you want to eat the foods that are higher in selenium, iodine, vitamin A, vitamin D, and the omegas. Um, and that, you know, we said sardines, salmon, mackerel, um, seaweed, all of those things are great uh, to kind of get all of those uh, nutrients in. You want to make sure you're managing your stress properly. Uh, in the last episode, I spoke about ways to manage stress in the best of ways and the five ways to really kind of get your health back. And one of them was uh, sleeping before 10 o'clock, which really drastically rejuvenates the body. Uh, you know, waking up 15 minutes before the day starts to get kind of like into, okay, accepting the day, you know, journaling, meditating, whatever it is, just waking up 15 minutes earlier to have that self-care time uh, to really just kind of breathe in sunlight, you know, be outside a little bit, get in some walking, whatever it is that you want to do. You can wake up 15, 30 minutes earlier uh, just to kind of like, you know, calm down and relax the body before the day starts. And then number four, you want better sleep. This is huge, huge, huge. Again, sleep between 10 p.m. I didn't mention the exact times in this episode, but between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m., uh, our body goes into repair mode. And so those people that go to sleep at 1 to 2 a.m., they're not allowing their body to fully, properly rest and reset. And so in order for your body to rest and reset and to go into that healing mode, uh, you want to sleep before 10 o'clock. Please, 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 if it's one thing that you do, really try it at least once a week. Go to sleep before 10, a, 10 p.m. Uh, wake up 15 minutes earlier and you'll see a drastic uh, impact in your health. Um, and then hopefully all of these things, God willing, will really help you uh, on your healing journey uh, for your thyroid. And if you have any feedback or any questions, please feel free to message me. Again, this is not medical advice. Um, I'm still getting certified as an integrative health practitioner, but of course, sharing the information as I go, uh, because this can really help some of you rebalance your bodies and uh, kind of get into a better state of just uh, relaxation, better thyroid balance, and just better health overall. Thanks for listening to Health for Thought. If you love this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and family and subscribe.